Marshall. What is Mr. Shakespeare's famous line, something like, uh, Who steals my purse steals trash, but he who filches from me my good name robs me of that which enriches him not. And we can end the quote right there. Because the Bard wrote those lines before these days of copyrights and licensing and franchises, and even so today, if you steal someone's good or even bad name, it can enrich you considerably. The truth is, you're a butterfly. How can you say that? It's a fact. Look at yourself. What's wrong with me? What do you do all day? Like a butterfly, you flit about all day chasing after... After what? Well, you have to keep active. Like a butterfly. You just move around without apparent aim or purpose. And like a butterfly, you're going to be dead by nightfall. Our mystery drama, My Good Name, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Tammy Grimes. I'll be back shortly with Act One. A message from CBS Television. Hello, this is Walter Cronkite. That is the Atlantic Ocean and some of its inhabitants. We also live in a kind of ocean, an ocean of air, resonant with the sounds and cries of a strangely beautiful music. The first movement, perhaps, of a perpetually unfinished symphony. It's the universe, and it's my new assignment. Walter Cronkite's Universe, Tuesday at 8, 7 Central and Mountain on CBS Television. You've got a ticket on the Heartburn Express. And if one Rolaids tablet can't cut the mustard, you should hear this. Tums neutralizes one-third more acid than Rolaids. So when you eat more, feel more, and your stomach turns out one-third more acid, remember... Tums neutralizes one-third more acids than Rolaids. Person to person Heart to heart Together we can move the world If we each do our part By helping Tomorrow for children everywhere. Please send your check or money order to CARE, Box 576, New York 10156, or local CARE office. People of this planet, it seems, have always been in need of heroes who can be looked up to, emulated, and envied. In the past, our heroes were usually roaring lions who lived forever. Today, it appears, we are obsessed with flitting butterflies who have their brief day in the sun and are soon forgotten.
go away, go away. Uh, very well, very well. Waldo, I know you're home. Um, it's you. I must say, Waldo, you've made this place a fortress. Uh, come in if you want to and hurry. You can't tell who may be lurking about on the street at this hour. Or any hour. There's absolutely no question about it, Jerry. Crime is simply out of hand. Why, just the other day... Would you shut up for a minute, will you, Waldo? Now, you didn't mean what you said. About what? I say so many things. Uh, about... About just walking away from everything. Oh, that... Yes, I'm through with it, Jerry. Schluss concludio la comedia e finita. You can't be serious. Oh, really? Why not? But, well, nobody walks away from ten million dollars. Ooh, I'm not walking. I'm running. But you can't do it. Why not? It's my ten million, isn't it? No. No? Well, well, it's not exactly ten million. It's... Well, that is just a nice round sum we use for uh, publicity purposes. Just tell me how much money I could put into my pocket right this minute if I wanted to. Well, not an awful lot. Really? I thought the money was pouring in. Yes, well, it's also been pouring out. Now, now you entertain lavishly. Now, you chartered a jet and put a hundred guests on it and flew them to a party in Paris. For the Vicomtesse d'Arville, yes. And from there, we flew to Florence, I remember. Yes, but do you know how much that cost? You said it was all tax deductible. The government pays for yes, it. Yes, but you still pay for it. It's just that... Oh, now what's the use? At any rate, those days are over. I shall disappear from sight. Well, what are you going to do? Find me some remote island in the South Seas. Just paint. <laughs> but you, you you can't do that. You you can't just leave everything. I mean, you... Well, we have too many commitments. To whom? Various people who've lent us money. You mean banks? No, 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 not exactly. Look, we owe money to people who lend to those who don't quite qualify for the regular credit sources. Well, I don't understand. The name Waldo Trent no longer commands respect at a bank? Now, now don't look at it in that light. What have you done to my good name, Jerry? Oh, me? I was supposed to be concerned with the designs. You were supposed to handle the money, did you? But do you gamble it away, make bad investments? Who told you? You did. The look on your face just now. Well, that, that is why you can't walk away at this time. You, you have to come up with some new design idea. No, Jerry. Well, look, now, for you, it, it, it's just nothing. You put a little doohickey, a stitch, a pleat on a shirt or a blouse or a pair of jeans, and you sign your name to it, and they'll pay you a fortune. So I'll make another fortune, and you'll gamble it away again. The answer is no. But you have got to consider me. I have got a wife. I have three kids. Oh, you have to think of them. Why didn't you think of them while you were looting the till? Please, Waldo. Waldo, I thought I could make a lot of money for, for the both of us. Is that why you invested in a boatload of drugs? Oh, the Coast Guard blunders into one boat out of a thousand that it had to be ours. Not ours, Jerry, yours. I won't even go into what happened to that fellow Arthur Hastings. But I swear to you, Waldo... Well, I had nothing to do with it. I know, it. I know. You turned it over to your friends. Now, listen, you have got to help me. I've helped you too much as it is. You were just a nice, happy-go-lucky accountant. Look what I've helped you become. Look at what I've become. No! No! It's over! Waldo? Waldo, look at this. Oh. It's a gun. Yes. But I left the house. That is how desperate I was. I was ready to kill you. 
Put that gun away. It makes me nervous. Uh, don't. Let go, let, you let, fool. Put, 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 put it away. I, I am not going to shoot you. Let, let go, Walter. Maybe I want to shoot you. I said let go. No. Waldo. Uh, Waldo, I, I, I didn't mean to hit you. Are, are you all right? Waldo. Uh, I'm going to take you to, to court. You ruined my good name, Jerry. You were going to go to jail. No, Waldo. You disgraced my name. You will pay. of you, Walter. This is how it all ends. Yeah. He's a guy, a millionaire, maybe 20 times over, would you say, Ellen? I suppose. <laughs> Yet some penniless bum on the street who owes nothing more than the breath of life is richer right now than he is. And what's going to happen to all this, though, huh? I don't know. Never did get married, did he? He wasn't the marrying kind. Uh, no wife, no kids, nobody. <laughs> What's he got to show for it, Homer? Nothing. Who's going to cry for him? All his rich and famous friends? All those beautiful people? <laughs> In a week, his name will be as dead as he is. Maybe I'll cry for him, Marty. Why? I went to school with him. Well, was he always a crazy kind of character? How did it happen? Well, look, you know, the place is all torn up. He, uh, I guess he must have come home and surprised some burglar and the guy kills him. You know, it happens a lot these days. And the uniform man was down the street. He thought he heard shots. He come running up here. The front door was open. He went inside and he uh, discovered the body. Did he see the killer? No, no. The guy got clean away. Why is that record playing? Oh, it was on uh, when we come in. It was on? Yeah, it's one of those automatic players that keeps starting over and over here. I can't turn it off because the guys haven't dusted the place for Prince yet. But if he came home, as you say, and surprised a burglar, then he must have left the record player on when he left the house originally. Yeah, well, uh, maybe he forgot to turn it off, huh? May I go over there and look? Look, but, but don't touch. Sure. This is the record. Yeah, well, which is the record? 
The one I gave him uh, maybe five, six years ago. He didn't care for it at all. Why not? I'm surprised he kept it. I'm even more surprised that he played it. And after all these years... Why didn't he like the record? Sounds like a nice little tune. Oh, it was just a private... private thing between us. Why would he play that record tonight? Hey, uh, the pack should be here any minute. You better get to a phone if you want the scoop. How many times do I have to tell you? It isn't a scoop. It's a beat. The final flight of the butterfly by Helen Harper. Waldo Trent, Mr. Fashion himself. Now... No, that's not going to do it either. Now. Oh, why can't I get the handle? Harper. Yes, Pappy, I'm working on it. Yes. I know we got the break, but we have to follow up also. Oh, oh, thank you for telling me a newspaper has a deadline. I'd have never known. Look, Pappy, for some reason, I just can't concentrate here in the office. I'll go home and write it. What's the matter with me? What is bothering me, anyhow? Why was the record player on, Marty? Uh, You came all the way down here just to ask me that. Why? I told you. He forgot to turn it off when he left the house. No. You mean mean a person doesn't forget to turn off a record player, a light, a stove, what have you? Hmm? You'd leave a record player on only if you weren't really listening to it. So why can't we say that uh, he wasn't really listening, huh? Because of the record that was on it. He'd be very conscious of that record. Uh, Why? I told you. Because he didn't like it. In that case, why did he play it to begin with? Because I think he was angry. The name of that song is Poor Butterfly. And that's what I called him once. A butterfly. Yeah. Why? Maybe I was disappointed in him. And what he became. Well, what do you mean? He became rich and famous. He became a butterfly. He could have become an eagle. I knew him very well. I was the only friend he ever had back in high school. Uh, Was it a a romance? No. He never had time for that. He was too busy trying to learn how to be an artist. Uh, Hello, you tell me uh, where we headed. He never forgot me. He could have dropped me when he made it. Who am I? Just a reporter. And you're a good one. I'm not one of your grammar girl columnists. I'm happy to work a police beat. You know, maybe you should have more ambition. He'd still call me once, twice a week. Just a chat about everything and nothing. I can give you an insight into that man that you couldn't get anywhere else. Great, great. But uh, what can I do with it? It'll help you solve his crime. I gave him that record, I told you. It was the only time he was ever angry with me. What's this supposed to mean, he asked. It means you're a poor butterfly, I said. What are you doing, pandering to a pack of rich fools? You're a man of genius. It didn't go over very well. Well, it uh, wasn't very thankful. I thought that was the end of our friendship. But he really couldn't stay angry very long. 
The next day he sent me some flowers. I said to him, hold on to that record. Put it away somewhere. And then one day, when you feel you have to finally face yourself, sit down and listen to it. Well? Well what? Well, is that the whole story? What happened? Last night, he must have sat down and faced himself. That's why the record was playing. Okay, then he got up and went out and left it on. No, not this record. Okay, okay, I'll tell you what happened. He turned it off. The thief broke in. He wanted music while he worked, so he turned it on. You say the thief broke in. Is there a sign of a break and entry? No, no, no. But these guys today, you know, they got the kind of tools. You might just as well give them the key to the house. I say Waldo was home listening to that record. The killer rang the bell. Waldo let him in. He would open the door for a burglar? It wasn't a burglar. It was someone Waldo knew. Yeah. Oh. I don't know, Marty. Just give me a little time. All right, let's all give ourselves a little time. You must admit, she's come pretty far along already. She seems to have a feel for what happened in that room. Is it possible that some people are sensitive to psychic clues? Why not? Besides, there's always a rational example when you dig beneath the surface, which we shall do when I return with Act Two. When I was about seven years old, I had a crush on this teacher. A real crush. Her name was... Miss Collins? Yes, Lucas? Could I... I, I mean, may I... I mean, can I buy your mom after? Oh, Lucas. If you were 20 years older, I'd do it in a minute. And Lucas, it's May I. So when I found out I was going back to visit my hometown, I thought about Miss Collins. You know, I wondered if she'd really remember me after 20 years. So I got on the phone and I called her. I said, Miss Collins? Yes? This is Lucas Wade. Lucas Wade? Room 103, about 20 years ago. Oh, Lucas Wade, what a nice surprise. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. Look, I'm going to be in town next week. Could we have dinner together? Oh, I wish I were 20 years younger. <laughs> <laughs> of course I will, Lucas. Thank you. Great. Reach out, reach out and touch someone. The bell system. Reach out. This is Gene King for your Better Business Bureau. The new game seems to be the electronic one. Video and portable electronic games have suddenly taken hold. And the Better Business Bureau offers this advice. Do a lot of comparison shopping because costs vary both with complexity and with the manufacturer. Play a wide variety of games, too. And find out which ones you prefer and then read your warranty carefully. Most electronic games come with limited warranties, but some don't. If yours doesn't, check out the store's repair and exchange policies. The availability of repairs should play an important part in your choice, as should the additional expenses of different so-called software packages. But most importantly, buy your game from a reputable dealer where you can count on the staff's knowledge and service. A tip from your Better Business Bureau. and it is perhaps unfortunately true that violence slumbers uneasily inside all of us 
and it can be awakened at any time, provided the right nerve is touched, or I should say, the wrong one. Sometimes, one word is enough to turn even the mildest, meekest, most placid person into a raging, murderous beast. Provided, of course, it's the right word. Or, once again, I should say, the wrong one. Now, what you're saying is, he knew his killer. I'm saying it couldn't have been a thief. There are two doors to that brownstone triplex of his, front and rear. Was the rear door open? No, and it was locked from the inside. Windows? Now, all of them locked, too. None of them broken. Question. Why would a thief try to get in through the front where he might be seen? Why not sneak around the back? Well, the back door was bolted shut. The front door is always easiest when there's no one home. But Waldo had been home. He hadn't gone anywhere. How do you know? I know most of his friends. Most of the places where he makes an appearance. No one saw him. Well, hey, now, look, he may have gone out for a walk. Him? He was scared stiff to be out on the streets at night. No. Someone he knew rang the bell. Waldo checked him out through the peephole and let him in. And that someone had come there prepared to kill Waldo because that someone was carrying a gun. And after he killed Waldo, he decided to make it look like a robbery. He turned the place upside down and took some things that were lying around. You know, your theory just went out the window. The cop on the bee heard the shots. He was on the scene in less than a minute. Now, when would the guy had time to do all that? All right. He did it before the killing. He struck Waldo a hard blow on the head and knocked him out. Then he stage-managed the scene. Then when he was ready to go, he fired the shots. Well, I will say that that is uh, quite a theory. And it accounts for that bruise on Waldo's forehead. So, who was this uh, so-called friend? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Hey, great. And when you do, let me know. If you went out and used your head... Instead of being satisfied with the old surprise the burglar theory, you might find the killer yourself. I know I'm supposed to be home working, Pappy. I am. All right. I just went down to police headquarters. Okay. And then I stopped off at a music store to buy a record. But this is business. Come on, Pappy. Look, I finally found an approach. Please hang up and let me get to work. He was determined to become an artist, and a great one. I remember a time when we were both quite young. How's the new job, Helen? Not much, but at least, Waldo, I can say I'm a newspaper woman. <laughs> hey, you busy? I should stay home and do some chores. I think I'll go to lunch. Come on, I'll take you. No, no, I'll take you. Waldo, how can you afford it? I have a hundred dollars. You sold a painting? Mm -hmm. Mr. Hoskins called me and said to come down to the gallery. A customer wanted to meet me. Which painting was it? Girl with the green eyes. That's me? Yeah. Did he like the way you did the eyes? Did he? Well, uh, to tell you the truth, he, he didn't notice the eyes at all. But the eyes are... Actually, uh, all he talked about was the dress. The dress? Yeah, he raved about it. The dress? You see, he makes dresses. He has a factory. He said he'd never seen a dress like that, and where did I see it? Well, I said I just made it up. <laughs> Anyhow, he wants me to sketch some more dresses for him. 
Are you going to do it? Well, of course. There's good money in it. I mean, a hundred dollars each. I can do two, three of them a day. Oh, that's good, Waldo. But don't lose sight of what you really want to do. Oh, oh no, no, never. This is just eating money. He bought the painting. Ooh, did he? <laughs> and he didn't say one word about the way you use color and light and shadow. Just the dress? Well, that's all he was interested in. Oh, come on, Helen. I said I'd buy you lunch. Let's pick a, a really expensive place. And that's when and where and how it all began. Walter Trent was an orphan. He was brought up in a series of foster homes. He had just enough to eat, a place to sleep, and hand-me-down clothes to wear. He never had money in his pocket. And now, suddenly... Helen, what are you doing Tuesday night? Well, I... Come uh... to a party with me. Where? You'll never guess, so I'll tell you. At Estella Van Eigen's. You're joking. Yeah, it's going to be a real celebrity bash. And you can do yourself quite a bit of good. But how? Well, Estella happened to see one of my designs. She's convinced I'm wasting my time with Milton, so I quit there. And what are you going to do? Estella and a few friends are going to back me. What do you mean? I am going to open my own salon. Isn't that marvelous? Yeah. I suppose it is. It's a, it's a very high-powered business. Well, well you, know, you know that. Yeah. I'll have to work at it night and day to get it rolling. I'm sure you will. But, uh... But what? What about your real work? My real work? Well, what real work? Painting. Oh, of course. When are you going to find time to paint? Well, in the very beginning, I won't. Oh. Uh, now, look, I know what you're thinking. It really shouldn't matter what I think, Waldo. Oh, but it does, it does. You are the oldest friend I have. You're the only one who paid any attention to me in the entire school. I guess we were the two misfits in the class. But we'll show everybody before we're through. Now, listen, about painting, that, that is the most important thing in my life. But why does a serious artist always have to be poor? Look, I'll just do this for a year or two. I'll make a fortune, and then I'll go back to painting. Then I'll be able to do it easily and, and comfortably without worrying where my next meal is coming from, and I'll be a better painter for it. I hope so. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'll sell out to the Philistines. I know it happens to a lot of people, but not to me. Never to me. Just, just, just trust me. Believe me. All right, Waldo. I've had nothing but poverty all my life. And I am fed up with it. That party. It was the most glittering affair of the season. It was crowded with the great, the near great... The famous and the notorious. And he was the lion of the evening. And it was there that he met Gerald Kenwood. Well, hello, Miss Harper. You remember me? I'm Jerry Kenwood. Of course. We were introduced earlier this evening. Well, I see you remember my name and my face. Why not? Yeah, most people don't. I don't see why. Just as well. I'm not a limelight man myself. You're not? No, no, I work behind the scenes. What sort of work do you do, Mr. Kenwood? Oh, I'm an accountant. And I am also a lawyer. Estella asked me to organize a setup for Waldo. Estella, huh? Oh, oh well, I'm, I'm not first name dropping. I just do a lot of work for Mrs. Van Eigens. And what kind of uh, setup are you about to organize for Waldo? Well, I tell you, Miss Harper. Within three years, Waldo Trent will be a millionaire three times over. 
They became close friends. Waldo Trent and Gerald Kenwood. One day, Waldo invited me to lunch. I was to meet him at Celine's. It was a sign that he had actually arrived. After all, he now had his private table. When I got there, he was sitting with Gerald Kenwood. Hello, darling. You know Jerry Kenwood? Yes. Oh, how do you do, Miss Harper? Oh, uh, call her Helen. She's practically one of the family. <laughs> well, now, if you'll excuse oh, no, me. No, no, no. Do stay and have lunch, uh, Jerry. No, I'd love to, but I do have an engagement. Nonsense. You see, Helen, darling, Jerry's quite upset uh, with now, me. Now, Waldo... No, it's true. Jerry has proposed some investments for Waldo Trent, of which I disapprove. Uh, <laughs> the fact is, you know very little about financing. I agree, but I do know how to make money. Uh, look, the trick is not to make money. It's to be able to keep money. What's wrong with keeping it in the bank? Because that way you... you uh, oh, dear, what's the use? You see, now we're starting to quarrel again. Waldo, the agreement was that I was the one who would look after all the business details. Certainly, huh? but only as they relate to our own business. What do I want with an oil company, a trucking firm, all those other esoteric enterprises? <laughs> but if you would only listen... It's at lunchtime, Jerry. Now, why don't we just decide to enjoy our meal? Well, I, I, I don't have time to eat. Well, maybe you shouldn't. You seem overwrought. Excitement does things to the gastric juices. Well, yes, well, uh, nice to uh, meet you again, Miss Harper. Uh, I'll see you later, Waldo. Oh, well. I think he was born to be angry at one thing or another. Excellent fellow in every other way, though. It's just... Just what? It seems to me he's become a sort of gambler lately. Used to be a conservative kind of guy, but... Oh, well. Let's not talk about him. What would you like to talk about, Waldo? You. Me? Well, why not? I happen to realize that every time we get together, and it's always been this way, we talk about me. I realize I'm a most fascinating person, but what about <laughs> you? All right, what about me? Don't you want to get anywhere? I'm somewhere now. You don't make a lot of money. Money isn't everything. Propaganda, my darling, circulated by the elite to keep the masses contented with their lot. Is that a fact? Oh, I should know. I'm one of the elite myself. Now, I could spill a word or two into a very receptive ear, and the editorship of a very prestigious magazine could be all yours. Fantastic salary, unbelievable perks. Thanks, Waldo. I'm happy where I am now. A police reporter? Who can you meet? Cops and crooks? At least I'm doing what I like. Are you? Oh, dear. You're starting that again. I don't think you've gotten any paint on your fingers in over a year. Helen, you simply don't understand. If it makes you angry, I won't bring it up anymore. No. No, no, no. Please. Please do. Always. Every time we meet. Even when we don't. Call me. Anytime. Even in the middle of the night. My painting, it's the only thing that is going to save me. From what? From, um... <laughs> from sliding into the pit. What pit? I, I, I can't describe it. I, I can't explain it. It's just... Something that frightens me. Oh, but the painting. Now, that'll, that'll save me. You're the only one who cares, Helen. You're, you're my only friend. But you have hundreds of friends. Who says so? Don't you read the papers? I'm talking about friends. Keep reminding me about the painting, Helen. Keep reminding me. Promise? I promise. Thanks, Helen. <laughs> now I know everything's going to be all right.
we know that isn't true. We know it's not going to be all right. And despite his optimistic prediction, it's possible that he knows it's not going to be all right also. He speaks of a pit. As the poet says, there are intimations of disaster. Does he see himself headed there? Why can't he change his course? We'll find out shortly in Act 3. What do doctors recommend to avoid constipation? These days, doctors stress the importance of fiber in the diet. Food fiber that helps the system regulate itself naturally. Metamucil is the laxative made from natural fiber. No chemical stimulants. So for occasional constipation, doctors recommend Metamucil more often than any other laxative. Read label and follow directions. And now save up to a dollar when you buy Metamucil. Look for coupons in the July Reader's Digest. The South. The end of the Civil War and the beginning of a new life for those who survived its bloodshed. From this turbulent era of our great American heritage emerges the proud, passionate saga of one family, their plantation, and their dreams. Windhaven's Crisis by Marie Desjardins. The eighth book in the best-selling Windhaven saga, Windhaven's Crisis. New from Pinnacle Books, wherever paperbacks are sold. Railroad car clatters through Pennsylvania's coal fields almost a century ago. Its only passenger, a doctor named Matthew Shields, beginning a 16-year special assignment for the American Red Cross. In railroad yards, on sidings, and in the great terminals, Dr. Shields would convert his home on wheels into a classroom and teach first aid and occupational safety to industrial America. And all along the way, local physicians were enlisted as Red Cross volunteers to continue the teaching effort. When the car rolled to a stop for the last time, two million people had learned first aid. The effort was called a good beginning, but only a beginning. Today, as the Red Cross begins its second century, we're proud that America still looks to us for first aid training. Now we teach over three million people every year, and we still say it's only a beginning. Red Cross, ready for a new century. Why do they do it? All those people who know that a course of action can only lead to their destruction. What makes them persist? Money? Fame? Some other gratification? Are these more important than life itself? Evidently, they must be. The handwriting is on the wall, and there are those who pretend it doesn't exist. Marty. Well, look who's here. They said you'd be across the street for coffee. Well, how about some? I'm on borrowed time. I've got to get back to my typewriter. Listen, please check out Gerald Kenwood. Why? I'm convinced he killed Waldo Trent. Oh, you are? He had to, Marty. <laughs> Why? It's all going to be in my story. What will you tell me about it? I can't until you get the facts for me to prove it. But how do I get the It's going facts? to be a major feature article on the life and death of Waldo Trent. But when I hand it in, Pappy is going to say to me, where are the facts, kiddo? And you know what these facts have to be. Well, how could I even get it? A signed confession by Jerry Kenwood that he killed Waldo. Without that, my story never gets off the ground. And you have to deliver that for me. Well, it's very interesting, but uh, how do you propose that I go about it? <laughs> There's nothing to it. Oh? 
All you have to do is abandon the he surprised the burglar theory and then do some everyday routine shoe leather police work. Take this Gerald Kenwood apart. Did he have an alibi? Uh, so what if he doesn't? Neither do millions of other folks. Come on, Marty, you know what I mean. Who's he been seen with? Is he in trouble for money? Do I have to tell you? Oh, look, hell... Marty, I'm telling you, he's the killer. One morning, I received a call from Waldo. I was alarmed. There was something in his voice. Uh, Helen? Uh, look, Helen, uh, do you suppose you could come up here right away? Waldo, are you all right? I, I, I think I'm going to die. I'll call a doctor, an ambulance. No, 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 no. If I wanted a doctor, I'd call one myself. No, no, you. Come up here, Helen. Look at this place. Look at you. Oh, I'm sorry I made you come. I'm, I'm all right now. It's, it's just that I, I thought I was going to die. What were you taking? Oh, please, Helen. What kind of drugs? Uh, they're not really drugs. They're, they're just pills. We, we had this lovely party last night, and... Uh, no, that was last week. <sighs> Who can remember when it was? It doesn't matter anyhow. You're really a mess, Waldo. I can take a shower. The maid will have the place cleaned up when she gets here. Been doing any painting lately? Oh, there you go again. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have brought it up. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. You're right. When I was a kid, I... Oh, my head. What kind of pills were they? Who gave them to me? They're... Oh, yeah, it's Packy Powers. <laughs> He's this sensational new rock star. Anyhow, um, when I was a kid, I desperately needed a friend, and you were that friend. I always think of you as, as a friend. Why don't you lie down and stop talking? No, no, it hurts worse when I lie down. And then I wanted you to be more than a friend, but I was too poor to ask you, and now I'm rich. <laughs> and so, Helen, I'm asking. Ask me when your head is clear. You're probably still hallucinating. No, I'm, I'm a little light-headed, but I, I, I know what I'm doing. I bought you a present. What is it? It's a record. It's about a butterfly. How charming. I bought it because it should have a special meaning for you. Really? What? You're a butterfly. I'm a what? A butterfly. <laughs> How can you say that? What else are you? What do you do? Like a butterfly, you flit about in the light. Your life is aimless. Oh, wait a minute. I have a $10 million business. I have franchise arrangements that'll triple my net worth. My, my. Listen to this. Net worth. Why shouldn't I have a net worth? Do you only respect poor people? I respect people who are doing the very best they can. When are you going to start painting? When I'm good and ready. Your color is coming back and you're breathing easier. I think you'll live, Waldo. I'd better be going. And you take your alleged present with you. You keep it, Waldo. Why? I have no intention of ever playing it. One day, Waldo, you'll be ready to face yourself. Then you'll sit down and listen to that record. You'll feel very blue at first. And then you'll pick up a paintbrush and try to capture that color. I thought you said you were leaving. I 
I didn't hear from him in over a week. And then one morning he called, as if nothing had happened. We were friends again. Then I read in the papers where a man named Arthur Hastings had been found shot to death. Hastings. I decided to call on Waldo. Darling, it's so wonderful to see you. Did you know a man named Arthur Hastings? Hastings, Hastings. Why is that name familiar? He's a fellow who's always mixed up in one shady deal or another. They suspected him of being the brains of an outfit that's stealing your labels. Oh, yes. You have no idea how unscrupulous some people are. They sew my labels into other clothes and peddle them as if they were mine. They make a fortune on my name. You have no idea how much my name is worth. This Hastings was murdered. <laughs> I wish I could feel sorry. Was he murdered on your account? What kind of a question is that? It's a question that can be answered two ways. Yes or no. How could you even assume that I... You have some unsavory friends. Helen, I can't help knowing all sorts of people. Did any of them offer to solve the Hastings problem for you? Are you saying that I was party to this murder? I'm saying that you're involved in a great many activities, many of which you may be unaware of. Would I ever approve of... Helen... You are like a babe in the woods. You have no idea how, how, how complex business can be. On the other hand, painting is really very simple. Now, that's enough. I mean it, Helen. All right. When I was a kid, I had nothing. You know that. I needed something of my own that would set me apart. And so I drew pictures. And you, from the kindness of your heart, encouraged me. But it was just, just youthful exuberance. I really don't have any kind of talent as an artist. You don't? No, absolutely not. Are you sure? If I did, why wasn't it recognized? Many artists are fated to be unrecognized in their lifetime. I only know that when people look at my painting, all they see is the clothing. And that's what I am. A designer. And you can stop nourishing my juvenile conceit and your own. Is that the way you feel about it? Yes. Then, Waldo, goodbye. You... You're angry? No. Disappointed? No. I don't want to be poor, don't you understand? There's nothing worse than being poor. I walked out of his house, I slammed the front door, and for a moment I just stood there. Should I just leave him like this? How could I? While I was debating with myself, suddenly I heard the strains of music from the record player. I ran inside again. Waldo! Waldo! Uh, yes? What are you doing? Oh, uh, uh, lis listening to some music. About a butterfly? Yes. About a butterfly. That's good. I, uh, I have to sort some things out in my own mind. That's promising. And it isn't very complicated either. Things usually, uh, are only as complicated as you contrive to make them. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll have to call Jerry Kenwood. Uh, you know Jerry. Yes. And that's what I'll have to tell him. Jerry, I'm walking out. No, no, no. I'm running out. Get rid of the business. I've had it. Have you, Waldo? Really? Oh, yes. For a long time now. Do you finally know what you want? I want to go to the South Seas and paint. Helen, will, will you come visit me? Why not? Boy, this has really been a drag, you know. You loved every minute of it. Yes, but after a while, every minute is the same as every other minute. Well, that's how things are among the butterflies. I'm going to call Jerry. When? Just as soon as I can capture that shade of blue. 
That was the last time I saw him alive. He called Jerry, who then came over to the house and killed him. Good evening, Mr. Kenwood. Hi. It's Miss Harper. May I come in? Oh, yes, yes, of course, of course. Uh, May, darling, it's a visitor for me. Uh, business. Uh, my wife's a bit under the weather. This isn't a social call. Hmm. Uh, may I offer you a drink? No, thank you. Hmm. Well, what can I do for you, Miss Harper? You can offer me a chair, and I'll sit and wait. For what? For you to read this. Well, uh, uh, what is it? My feature article on Waldo Simpson Trent. Did you know his middle name was Simpson? Oh, I know. I think I'm the only one who did. Well, shall you read this? Miss, Miss Harper, just, just what is the meaning? The meaning is perfectly clear. You, but you accuse me of the murder. Why not? You did it. But yet this is monstrous. Now, I warn you, Miss Harper, I'm also an attorney. If you so much as imply... I'm aware of the libel laws, Mr. Kenworth. Then how could you possibly... You killed him. You're in deep, Jerry. You could never prove it. What? That you're in deep or that you're guilty? Come on, Jerry. This isn't your style. You looted the assets, not because you're really a crook, but because you are weak. The sight of all that money simply unhinged you. I, uh, I simply must ask you to leave. I'm a police reporter.